Seven cards in hand. Jace counterbalance on the table. Game feels just absolutely locked up. I got a two on top. There's so little that can go wrong. From an empty hand, he draws Narset, plays the Narset. It sticks. He looks at the top four. He finds a Comet. He casts the Comet. It sticks. And I went from an unlosable position to 0%. It was a wild reversal. That sucks. Man, Fosa Phil, you ain't know what the fuck you talking about, bro. You ain't no blue mage. Hey, like I ain't spin since, since divine top. Like I ain't tried to set up a miracle seven minute time walk. Tapping and casting the kind of magic that's slapping all of the magic. You're stacking the flack in the back end of cavern back of flashing them back. You're saddened by my lack of compassion. Boy, you're slacking, I'm stacking. Like I ain't the best to play this game. Force the negation targets your past in flames. Like I ain't been to infinite convention centers where the magic Twitter hashtag conveniently ain't the same. Like I ain't frightening, never through lightning. Like I ain't lost money trying to buy out brightling. Like I ain't a fixture, think a big picture. Shuffle back my graveyard, drink an elixir. You know I'm sculpting your mind, we'll go into time. Easy. Raveling time, the stack is all mine. Sleazy. Heart in the veil, forcing your spell. Always shuffle and ponders and ask if you would like to reveal seriously like i never got choked never got cataclysm to crater hoof like i never ever stared at a devil or a chalice or shepherd and planned out every way that i could kill myself so pray tell what if what's never happened how much more time in life would i spend being happy would it be a travesty to never see the epiphany of seeing a miracle again so drowsy getting splattered like i ain't smart like i ain't hard like i ain't sweeping the border drawing three cards like i ain't chic like i ain't slick like i ain't properly stacking these predicts like i ain't Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? Dude, what's up, dude? Are you ready to talk about the black being the best fair color in the format now? I love this. I think that, you know, yeah, of course I'm ready. You know, like, I, I think I think it's time. It's well past time, actually, that, that black got its uh, got its due again. Pretty much the Lord of the Rings set as a whole has sort of introduced black back into the world as a, a color beyond Dark Ritual decks. Yeah, so I mean, you've got what uh, Troll of Khazad Doom, uh, Sauron's Ransom, Orcish Bowmasters, obviously. What else? Those those three cards in particular are the like most noticeable ones. Bowmasters is what now the most played creature in the format. Like I think so, I get yeah. that it's it's still fresh and like the format needs to adjust but yeah it's that the fact that it has brought along with it a bunch of other decks that then also look for other cards so like baleful strict starts to show back up a lot more and like the esper pile style stuff but like the land cyclers as a whole were slow people were slow to, to recognize those i think yeah. including us i don't think we recognize the the cyclers immediately no uh, I, I just i just read that as another card from uh from uh what was it uh ikoria you know, the one mana mm-hmm. cyclers from Ikoria that like we weren't I, I I completely wasn't interested in unless I was gonna play play a draft, right? Like yeah. the draft format was just basically like whoever gets the most of those and you know, the payoffs or whatever. But this is I, more uh these are being used in ways that are uh, it feels much different than those cards. Yeah, I mean the Troll of Kaza Doom is just being specifically abused with reanimate. I haven't seen it anywhere else other than doing exactly that. Yep. Where it's just like, yep, it's an unblockable six five on turn one, which is just like better than like that street wave plan that death shadow players used to do we do have that um, planned or did i should say yeah and that's it, this is just like a, a huge upgrade to that right like as long because you you would need one mana source anyway even though you can't do it on turn like you can't do that play on turn one like you can with street Wave, cycle plus reanimate but the difference between a six five and a three four both of which would theoretically be unblockable if their text is relevant yeah. then it's like all right well it's still a faster clock even on turn two than the street wraith on turn one 
So it, it doesn't really change that math at all. And it, the only difference is like your opponent would have access to a mana, but you would theoretically be able to play around days because the troll got you a second mana anyway. So it just like lines up across the table in a really meaningful way to have like this play pattern be like, yeah, here's just another way that I can like cheat my land count and then still get my threat density high enough. And this is the same thing with Lorien Revealed. Lorien Revealed has been showing every, the control, all the control forums, huge hotness for Lorien Revealed. And I get it, man. Like, I know we've joked a bunch about how I was, I, I've joked a bunch. I'm like, dude, if they just printed blue instant, shuffle your deck, draw a card. Playable, playable. Well, you know, you know what uh, is interesting. Besides the, the shuffle part, the uh, going back to Troll of Khazad Doom is, uh, and, and even Lorien revealed uh, is it's colorless, uh, a colorless answer to uh, Blood Moon. You know, if you're playing uh, like a one of basic in your deck, that is now five basics that you have. If you're playing, you know, I'm not playing for Troll of Khazad Doom, but basically allowing you to get the basic you need when you need it using colorless mana. Pretty, pretty powerful against those decks that uh, that are playing, you know, Blood Moon or like messing with your mana somehow. Yeah, it also allows you to artificially inflate your colored count. Like both cards allow you to do that, whether yeah. it's for grief uh, or for any of the force effects. So like just being able to increase the number of cards that you have that are those colors is like actually really relevant at least for Lorien revealed i mean i guess for all of them to an extent is they sort of help feed each other like in multiple copies because if you use your first three all to cycle to get lands get to cast the fourth one and the fourth ones are pretty impactful spells like when you get to that stage of the game yeah. like like they, those are like very uh like one is just a very dense threat and then the other one is a ancestral recall and i get that like five mana for a sorcery speed uh ancestral is not not it but like it's good so, in the matches where you, you know, cast it because i know the uh the red one uh is is an elephant and i think it like when it attacks it gives another creature plus two plus oh yeah, it's um, a pump the, spell right the the green one is a five seven reach creature yeah etbs it makes food what's the, the white folk. one the white one's the three three bird that gives the rest of your team like Plus one, plus one, and first strike, it's bad. Well, that's objectively like a six, the worst one, yeah. It's like a six mana three, three. It's the worst one. Yeah. Well, 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 anyhow, we say all that to say this. Uh, what we want to talk about, actually, in this episode is uh, is the rhetoric around uh, Orcish Bowmasters. It seems like a lot of people are on one side or the other of the Bowmasters uh, debate. Personally, for me, I think it's it, the, the correct answer is that the standard art is the better art. But, but it, th- that's all in jest. Uh, people are calling for this card to be banned. Overwhelming uh, vocal minority to the people that have played against this card and with this card that are like, this is good for the format, which is truly I'm on that. I'm on that side of that that debate. I'm still up in the air on it. When when you were like, hey, let's talk about Bowmasters and its positive effects in the format. It being part of bringing black into the foray of fair decks as opposed to just black being used as a dark ritual deck in the format. I think that's positive. Yeah. The the more I play against Bowmasters, and the more I talk about Bowmasters with various people who play different archetypes, the more I think about how every part of Bowmasters is excellent. And it so it's good against the decks that want to draw cards. It's good against X1 creatures. But it also provides multiple bodies. Uh, and it goes wide and tall. Like, it does everything at instant speed for uh, the minimal cost like it's not a blackback cost it's very splashable every single part of the card pretty much every facet is exceptional yeah but the the areas where it's most punishing it i keep going back to the argument of uh the discussion a long time ago and i think it was p sully who had mentioned once where he was like talking about submerge and submerge is a free spell that tucks green creatures and he's like this design is weird 
because why does it exist? Who are we trying to punish? Why are we trying to punish the Tarmogoyf player? That seems like not game, not degenerate gameplay that we should give a free piece of interaction to, you know, helps put you really far ahead. It, it seems like that kind of play pattern isn't the thing that needs brought down. And yeah. so with, with Bowmasters, Bowmasters is pushing. I don't think Bowmasters is good against breakfast. Like, yeah, it's fine. But like, they don't need to expose their pieces. It's a combo deck. Yeah. And Bowmasters Agreed. is effectively a removal spell. But against the decks that wanted to play your your Green Sun Zenith for Dryad Arbor going going deep, and then Bowmasters just gets to punish those players because they don't have a combo out, they need to commit their stuff to the table. Yeah. Punishing cantrips specifically, we have a long history of, oh, cantrips are the best thing to be doing. And I think the format is so fast now that I don't necessarily think that's true. I think that like if you spend time... like Nowadays, let's say, let's say you sit down a, a, across from the table and your opponent in the blind goes Volcanic Island Ponder. Do you not have a sigh of relief that it's not DRC or that it's not literally <laughs> any threat, right? Like, yeah. you, you, every time you, every time your opponent, you're on the draw and your opponent goes turn one Ponder, you're like, oh, thank God. I actually will get a turn of development now. Yeah. Like, this is... The this first is, thing I think is, oh, they didn't have a threat. Right, yeah. yeah. It's like, it, but the cantrip itself isn't the thing that's scary, right? Like, yeah. and, and also it requires time now and the format is so fast, you're not often given the time to be able to execute those things and, like, you have to compress your curve even further in order to leverage those cantrips now. And then there's other cantrips that if you used your cantrips, we were just talking about Lorian revealed and the other cyclers to ensure that you hit your land drops. I just think that like the the part of Bowmasters initially when we when it first came out, I'm like, yeah, this is doing a bunch of interactive things. It's not like Hull Breacher, which is total shit, where the game just ends. You actually can play through a Bowmasters, which I still think. Uh, but I think that the part that we haven't the discussion about Bowmasters hasn't hasn't shifted to yet is I don't know if Bowmasters as being as ubiquitous ubiquitous as it is meaningfully healthy in that I feel like it's punishing aspects of the format that were already being punished by the fact that the format was speeding up yeah does that make sense it does before we go too much further down that path i wanted to uh just say something about uh, about bowmasters and black blade being playable it existing and being like so obviously powerful allowed for black to to be seen as a color that can be played again when in truth i think black was especially if you consider the other cards that we talked about like sauron's ransom and troll of kaza doom when black actually was playable this entire time, but people weren't willing to uh, ruin their win percentage with an experimentation. I, I don't know if that's true because I don't think the like if you look at the black cards without troll or with it, which is just speeding up a deck yeah. that otherwise previously existed. Right, you having access to a six five unblockable on turn two, like that's just an extremely fast clock. Right, yeah. it means that you're you're now pseudo reanimator yeah, on top four, of your shadow. Yeah, four turns. Yeah. Well, your opponent has three turns, assuming that they need two fetches to play the game. I think that without the additions of Lord of the Rings, Black is still just completely buried by Uro existing. You you can never play through an Uro. Where now the Lord of the Rings cards just make it so that your the deck is fast enough, like a, a fair Black deck is fast enough to go under yeah. an Uro or to fight through an Uro after it sticks. You know, like because you can chunk with all of these heavy heavy pieces or you can play with enough disruption you would need to cantrip your way to an uro and then rather than punishing the uro we're punishing the stuff around the uro you know i i I think that like fair black i don't think was underexplored in before lord of the rings i think uro actually just buried it like in a way that was in a way that was unhealthy you know like it it would be better in that circumstance if uro didn't exist to open the the pie a little bit black getting so many tools it also being good incidentally against the removal that those decks are ba- like other fair decks are based on other fair decks that aren't playing black are white based bowmasters is very good against both swords and prismatic ending because it creates multiple bodies and now you have to decide if you're going to go after like the actual uh threat to your life total which is the amass token 
or the one that, without mana gating, just punishes literally the rest of every card in your deck. It, it, it puts you to it, it puts you into tough decisions. The thing is that all of those decisions are good for the Bowmaster player. It, it's so, funny every so, yeah. time we have have an episode like this. I start off with a very strong stance for what I think is what I want. Somehow. You always seem to be able to pull me closer to the middle again, and and, and this is this is doing that again. Yeah, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I <laughs> like I, I would much rather have a bowmaster in the format than a narset or a hull breacher or any of yeah. like this the static like you don't get to play anymore type yeah. cards. You know, so I'm I'm like I, I am definitely not the, one of the people calling for a bowmaster ban. I, yeah. I'm more thinking of like as as we've seen the cards that they they have printed that have seen play in like that like have made it to viability and legacy i feel like a lot of them all punish the decks that are already struggling to like maintain themselves at all without just adopting all those tools themselves and then you know effectively uniforming the format into like these are the only cards that are playable and then you have some people that are like testing out various things like you know some people will stay on belfast tricks and some people won't or whatever it is but like uh so so it's it, I did a quick look the other day on um on Goldfish just to see like percentages, you know, what's being played and how far down you can go uh deck-wise until uh you go under the like 2 and 3% mark uh on deck saturation. And of course, you know, we're still getting I think right now Grixis Bowmaster aka Grixis Delver is the is the primary deck. What's wild is um you know, a month and a half ago, 8 cast was one or two. And now eight cast is all the way down to like maybe seven. Um, but we have ten decks that are all above that like three percent mark. And mm-hmm. I can't remember a time when we were above we were above ten decks ever. Uh, I, I mean that, that goes all the way back to you know w- when we were looking at like 2014 style rug delver. You know like when there were three different distinct types of delver decks. Yeah. So I I just think that uh, and. In that respect, the fact that we we are seeing a stratification of the meta, at least in su- in some way, uh, and there is actual format diversity, it's good in that respect because that's the only uh, in truth that I think that the out of the Lord of the Rings cards minus the One Ring, uh, Bowmasters is the only card making a serious impact on, on the meta game. You know, uh, cards like Troll of Khazad Doom, Lauren Revealed are interesting, but I don't think they're making an impact per se on like the deck choices people are making. The the combination of that stuff has pushed people into like Shadow I feel like is way more popular than it's ever been. And it's because yeah. the combination between sure. both Kazadoom and Bowmasters has like significantly like increased the power level of that deck. Uh and, and ways... it's a budget deck. Gotta give it gotta give it some credit for that. Like people are I like, mean... I can get into legacy now with my modern cards, you know, like Bowmasters they opened a bowmaster or two. Well, I'm saying they, you know, you open a bowmaster or two because you were hunting for the one ring, and you're like, well, what could I play in Legacy? Oh, I have most of these cards, you know, like it's it's already a budget deck, so it, I think that that it, it's a good entry point into the format anyhow. And so people who are new to the format are like, oh, cool, I can just play this. I already have a lot of these cards, and bowmaster just just kind of repopularized the deck that was already like. Pretty okay. Yeah, I th- I'm I'm looking for. I think it was ranked uh, as like a, a tier three deck before before uh, this. It's probably closer to a tier two deck. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm looking at the let's look at the last ninety days of data for. Uh, wait, when did Lord of the Rings come out? Uh, Lord of the Rings came out. Uh, whatever SCG Con was right. Was that like the 28th of September or September of right, uh, I'll, June? I'll look, at the, I'll look at the I'll look at the last the last month because that has given some yeah. amount of people some people a. Uh, 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 
an amount of time to actually move around yeah, with. I think that's fair. Uh, so this is MTG MTG Goldfish. Now, for what it's worth, also like this is tabletop. This is not Moto. Moto and tabletop yeah. are still different formats. Like there's a bunch yeah. of cards that are not legal on Moto. Everybody everybody knows this at this point. That's not a secret. It is functionally different formats in terms of like answers to certain things, tools that certain decks have access to. Grain of salt both ways. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But yep. in terms of in, in terms of paper uh, tabletop metagame, this is MTG Goldfish. All of the talk of posts like uh, like oh look at these new things that we we get to to play with. Grixis Delver is fourteen percent of the metagame, right? Okay. Which is just blue red splashing for thought season splashing Bowmasters, uh, Bowmasters, yeah. <laughs> and then nine point six percent is Death Shadow, which is Days Wasteland or yeah, Bowmasters. So same 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 deck, yeah. So it, it, it's it's still just under 26% of the format that you're running into Day's Wasteland. You know, like, yeah. it, 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 in in terms of, like, how much, like, Bowmaster's positivity is for the format, it it's really just the same flavor that we've had before, like, the expressive ban in a different flavor. Instead of your that opponent is the power getting of, to draw you two the, cards. But that's the power instead of, of your the opponent drawing two cards off expressive, they just get to make bodies. Brainstorm yeah. decks, right? Like, is that, you know... That's the joke. Is like every time somebody creates a card that's good against Delver, Delver just goes, "Thanks, I'll just put this in." Yeah, yeah, it just absorbs it because it's the, it's the it's the most efficient thing to be doing. And yeah. but the thing is, is is Orcus Bowmasters leans really hard into that. In that, for two mana at instant speed, it does so much, right? It just does all of the different things in its, in a variety of different tools. Like the 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 cost of entry for Bowmasters to just be exquisite in this particular kind of shell, it goes wide and tall. It, it is both disruptive and removal. Like it does everything. It does everything, and it does it uh, on the splash. So, yeah. the, the, I, but in in ways that everybody's like, yeah, Bowmaster is positive for the format. In a way, I feel like it's also like we haven't been a, lived lived with it long enough to recognize that it's really just a different flavor of the thing that we all were really we all really hated a, a bunch of last time. Except instead, now they have a threat that's also incidentally a burn spell and a removal spell and makes multiple bodies and goes wide and tall. And instead of your opponent just getting to look at the top three cards and choose the two best ones, I, I feel like I'm I'm dunking on the op, op, opposition to Bowmaster side of things. But again, it's not that Bowmasters isn't healthy for the format. It bringing black into viability as a fair color certainly is good for the format. The, I think that the downside though is that it didn't do it in a way that is different from recent formats of old, where everybody was calling for bans to begin with. It's it's still propping up the same kind of decks that were doing it with just non-black cards before, as opposed to helping other decks that were struggling. This is not propping Jund up, you know. It's not propping maybe maybe some number of like Abzan depth decks because they have a, a way to auto kill, but it's not helping just like the like the actual fair like green white splash decks. You know what I mean? Like they still need an I win button, and that could be just the the, the pace of the format is way too fast. And, you know, like the format has it has sped up. And having another, uh, you know, effectively a Tarmogoyf that, you know, at instant speed that bludgeons your uh, selection. Yeah, like the, the format is going to speed up in that regard. And it also works in like the ubiquity of all these different decks. So like the top decks, Grixis Tempo, Orcus Bowmasters, Death Shadow, Bowmasters, Painter, Splashing for Bowmasters, 
Reanimator playing Bowmasters out of the board. Selesnya Depth splashing Bowmasters. The first deck that we get to that isn't playing Bowmasters is Mono Red Prison, followed by Death and Taxes, both at just under 5%. You know what's wild on top of that is, is so next week we want to be talking about the One Ring and its impact. You know, it, we just had the Modern Pro Tour, a lot, a lot of talk about that. When I was sending you decks, uh, I, you know, the one thing that I noticed, the, fir- the first thing I noticed is that 8Cast is now Demir 8Cast. They were like, yeah, we're going to play with the One Ring and Orcish Bowmasters. Why not? I haven't even looked at the mana base for that yet. I mean, and it is something I spoke about when, when I was interviewing Brian Koval at, yeah. at, at SCG. I was like, I wouldn't just throw this into my deck if I could find a spot for it. So I think, I think there's a lot more testing to be done as far as like where the optimal place for this card is, but it might, you might be right. It might be everywhere. Where's the optimal place for Brainstorm? And any deck that wants Brainstorm, right? Like, it doesn't, you don't necessarily need to find the optimal build for some cards. You can just find the fact that the card makes the build optimal. Yeah, speaking of ACAS, I mean, ACAS has splashed many a color before. I mean, you played, you played a bunch of Haywire Mites without actually having any green sources in your deck outside of your yep. mana rocks, right? So it's, it's not, a, it wouldn't be crazy to like also play Bowmaster to fight Bowmaster. I have seen ACAS decks that play Dismember. Yeah. Simply because well, they need to be able to remove a Bowmaster so they can actually start churning through their deck normally. You know, but I just, people... I just want to point out, before, before we, just for numbers sake, the last 30 days on MTG Goldfish, the, the top, so looking at the top five decks of MetaShare, which are all Bowmaster decks before you get to Mono Red Prison, which is just under 5%, it's 41%. 41% of the field is Orcus Bowmasters in, vari- in, in combo, aggro, and control. Okay, but that's acceptable, I, I, take I, think. I take it back. I take it back. 41%. There's no control. It's, no control. It's, 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 it's just tempo all aggro, yeah. painter combo, reanimator combo, Selesnya Depths, which is like mid-range combo. It's so weird to me that that painter is like this is the this is where I'm going for my for my uh, splash because that's not how painter wins, right? Like not for the most part. Like yeah, occasionally you're gonna chalice blood moon somebody and be like oh, I'm gonna get you with you know my goblin rabble master what you know whatever your th- threat du jour is. But it's wild that like bowmaster is the card that they went to and they were like we need to splash black for this card that wins in a way that's not at our not akin to our strategy at all I, i'm not a, a painter master so i don't know like call up callum like see what he yeah. says i i think it's also be, it, it's partly just because bowmaster on rate is unbelievable right it just does so much exactly against yeah. so many things i it's, mean two bodies to just block and stay in the game is not is not nothing right but like, it's it's, it's a guy two, block block yeah it, it's not just two bodies it's two distinct bodies that both demand removal yeah and it has etb value as both removal or planeswalker check or it can also, it's also just incidentally a burn spell. All of the, which like, we saw at the Pro Tour, yeah. It, it's it's like every no. At, the second Bowmasters was spoiled, everybody lost their shit, right? Like it was no secret because it literally does all of the things, yeah, I, including drawing you potentially multiple cards on ETB. Because if it trade, if it if it kills a creature, you're plus a card. Assuming that even if that card drew a card that you killed, it's like okay, well, now you're at parity, and it also makes an additional body. So on its on its face, if it tr- if it kills something, it's plus two cards because it killed the thing and made you a body. Or it taxes a planeswalker, and then a planeswalker isn't necessarily able to remove either side of the body. But the thing is that all of the power is condensed on the orc army and not the bowmaster. But the ability that's punishing the cantrips is tied to the bowmaster. Yeah. So both bodies are very relevant. It's not like any other um, 
sound the alarm where it's like, okay, we're going to make two one ones and they are equally, they, they are equal bodies. You know, I think, I think a, that a good, a good, uh, a good, like not like would be like siege game commander. Like you kill the commander every time. No matter what, yeah, because like, the, the guys they're just, they're, there's three one ones, yeah, 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 as opposed to like leaving behind a four four or whatever. Yeah, but the the thing about bowmasters it reminds me actually similarly of Uro, which was pushing out all the black decks. In that, like when Uro was first spoiled, you look at it and you're like, oh, this card does actually everything. It gains life and it draws cards and it excels you and it's recurrable and it like you you can never actually kill it with anything other than a swords. But then you can all like it like the entire buffalo is fucking great, right? There's yeah. no part of this that's bad. <laughs> It's true, and it's like in in a in a world with fetch lands, the deniability, the denying somebody off of their colors is really like the the only like cost that it has. But not really because we have perfect mana in this format. So it's like yes, there are times where like you can cut somebody off double green, but like it is not nearly the the way to check that card that they didn't that they thought in design because they didn't design it with fetch lands, right? And then with bowmasters. I mean, they designed Bowmasters for modern. Bowmasters just does, like, it, it, that's also another particular interesting thing about, uh, Bowmasters entering modern. Built Lord of the Rings for modern, and modern already had Renin Six and Fury and all of these other things that are already punishing X1s. It is a really tough world to be an X1 if you're, if you're in, sort of doing something similar in Legacy, where I think the reason that, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here, but the reason that people moved over to Death Shadow away from Grixis, even though Grixis has still got the majority share of the metagame, a lot of people moved over to Death Shadow because it's less uh, punished by a Bowmaster hitting your DRC that's not delirious or whatever. It's it's funny because, you know, there's those two different flavors of, of Death Shadow right now. You've got the more mid-range Urion builds that are playing Baleful Strix, which obviously gets gets hit by Bowmasters. And for what it's worth, it, it's still drawing a card, so it's not like the absolute worst against Bowmasters. But it's not great. You don't want that to happen, right? But if you're also playing Bowmasters, you're like, screw it. Like, I'll just, like, I'll just jam all the good cards together in the Urion deck. But I think in the more tempo-based, like, almost Delver-style decks, and I, I was playing two Delver in mine, having Bowmasters as, as like, an out, yeah, of course, you're going to have... The Bowmasters is the only thing your opponent can target, like, it, it, in any way that makes makes it worth it in Death Shadow. Because otherwise, you're playing Street Wraith occasionally... Uh, now we've got the troll. Everything is an X, like two or above. You know, everything is big grief. You know, all those mm-hmm. things aren't getting aren't getting killed by the bowmaster unless you play brainstorm stupidly. Uh, and and that's a whole like metric that like that, all the heuristics of brainstorm have been thrown out the window in the last like couple of weeks. I've been curious to think about like when they were designing bowmasters, and you know, I think you know bowmasters churning the format like it's doing is interesting right like mm-hmm. i think it's cool but i, I i've been curious the more and more i play against it the more i wonder when they were testing it if the if they had the etb before or if they like tacked that on afterwards like if they just wanted to punish people drawing cards outside of their draw step so you flash it in and then you would amass orcs one and ping after they've drawn their card yeah and then they decided actually let's also add it as an etb i feel like the etb is what pushes it over the top as like everything is into yeah. like now it's no it's it's interesting to i i I feel like i'm rambling now but like no no you're 100 correct now you can flash it in for some amount of value when there's mana open you know like it just adds it just adds another layer to that card you know because like at the end of the day if if nothing happens it flashes in and it represents three damage yeah right so you pass with two mana and it's three damage plus still and a bunch of board presence which feels really like above the curve I don't have anything that I can think of to compare it to other than, you know, unplayable cards. I'm also thinking, like, has Bowmaster sort of taken over the format as, like, the most ubiquitous card across all these different kinds of uh, archetypes? 
between tempo aggro combo control uh mid-range combo actual just straight combo because there aren't any other reasonable things to play at two probably i think i think it's funny that you know this card's obviously good specifically because it caught co- it costs two mana it has flash but mm. i i think that uh we've we entered a long time ago a world where like no one was playing spell snare because like you were either playing your two drop was either murktide regent that doesn't actually have two uh you know, two converted mana cost, or uh, you know, you were you were skipping ahead playing a three drop. You know, you, you know, you just you did bring up uh, if if you if you would like to, uh, you brought up another thing that I wanted to talk about that Bowmasters has sort of highlighted for me as like I played against it and I tested a bunch of cards in the format. Particularly, I thought because you brought up spell snare that one mana conditional removal spells like spell snare, stern scolding, stuff like that. I, I have tested all those things as ways to combat those types of cards, like like Bowmasters. Yeah. And there's two significant issues with those kinds of cards and why I don't think any of them are playable, even though it seems like it, it would be good at face value because they both trade up and all of this stuff. The issues with those cards are twofold. One, they're narrow. Yeah, agreed. But they're narrow in a react, but they're narrow plus being reactive. So the person who's playing Bowmaster, like we were just saying, they can just fire it off on their, t- at the end of their turn two to progress their board. At no cost. Like, it's it gives them all of the edge, all of the advantage, just by casting their spell. Like, they are under no condition to have to wait if they don't want to. They can just put a clock on you. And it's a significant clock with multiple bodies that's, you know, taxing you in different ways in, and putting on the squeeze. Whereas Snare, you have to have it in your hand before they actually fire that off. Same thing with Stern Scolding. But the other side of it is that if your opponent even has a sense about it, they just don't have to move, yeah. right? Like, you are confined by your opponent's actions with those kinds of cards, which makes it just impossible for you to, like, actually effectively leverage it unless your opponent is willing to let you. Especially, you know, we're going to go... I'll take this all the way back to deck building. Uh, If you're going to land go your opponent and you're playing a deck that plays Brainstorm, you've probably cut, like, some, you know, from the standard 25 land in a 60-card deck or whatever, you've cut down lands for your cantrips, you know, in deck building. Like, this is this is... You know, even before you even thought about building this deck, the way Matt, the way that deck building in Magic the Gathering has worked since the advent of Brainstorm and Fetchlands is that we lower the amount of land so that we can, you know, we we're basically replacing those those land drops with uh with spells that bind us those lands. So when you're in a situation where you're going, well, I'll just pass turn, but you're not dropping land, you're not creating more board presence, or you're not putting an advantage out for yourself. Yeah, that's when things things go really wrong. So yeah, I think Spell Snare and Stern Scolding aren't going to do it per se. They're going to be cute and catch people occasionally. You know, specifically Spell Snare, it just it still doesn't feel good. Even if you hit the occasional Orcish Bowmaster, like I just feel like there's better ways of dealing with an Orcish Bowmaster than putting a card that only counters Orcish Bowmaster. It seems like. I mean- uh, right now to be realistic there's actually no good way to deal with a bowmaster outside of catching it on the stack because it will leave a body behind that will either compel you to trade another card or put another resource in and to fighting over the second resource that it made and it will at least trade with either a card that you already have on the table or it will deal some amount of damage and then if you're playing against an aggro deck that's not nothing right so like yeah. it's not like their card did nothing if it's dead so you have to catch it on a stack plague the, engineer naming orc wraths are fine right wraths are, yep. are ways to clean up, clean up a board. Yep. but i think that the the issue with anything that is a conditional counterspell the power level of the format is such that those kinds of counterspells are no longer viable at the same level they would need to do something else it, like spell snare just countering the spell is no longer good it needs, enough. To, it needs to do something else something, you know yeah it, it like it sucks because veil of summer is like veil of summer is absolute horseshit right yeah but 
Vela Summer is at the power level that is necessary in order to combat those kinds of threats. Like yeah. the, the power level of everything else is such that your answers to things either have to be proactive so you can control the terms in which they trade or they have to have some kind of additional advantage attached to it in some meaningful way that is valuable to you. You can't just have this conditional remo- this conditional counterspell that may or may not convert at the time that you need it to convert. The format is so much faster that it's, you know, the games don't go to the, p- the point where you're like, oh, I-, I now have this spell snare. I can just sit back and wait for them to cast something into it. You know, like if, if they get something in at instant speed, let's say they go on their turn to pass. Right. And I now need to like cantrip for something to find my second mana source or I want to be able to like cycle my Lorien's revealed or whatever to play a second mana source. OK, cycle my Lorien's revealed. OK, flash and bowmasters. OK, get my land and hold up spell snare. And now that spell snare is blank. It, it, that, that's like a, a, a subtle example of like your opponent has to agree to those cards being good. I mean, it's why they're not. You know, because if you're playing against somebody that is even remotely aware that you might be playing those cards, it's not difficult to play around them. Like, they're very easy to play around because you can't do anything else with them otherwise. By choosing not to do anything, you're just porting yourself. And by not developing your board, every other deck is so efficient and so powerful because every single threat is game-ending that you can't afford to not progress your board or develop in some meaningful way or advance in in some progression. The the opportunity cost of those cards, as as power level has increased, the opportunity of those uh, level of those... the opportunity cost of those cards has also significantly increased because by you reciting porting yourself, hoping that you might catch something, your power level is decreased. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah, it's I like, do. It, it's, it, it's just like way, way steeper than like the power creep is not just power creep like all the cards have gotten better. It's also power creep in that the answers to those cards need to get better along with it. Otherwise, they're unplayable. So yeah. gone are the days. So like Stern Scolding when it was first revealed, I've been wanting a creature spell pierce for years. For years, give me a one mana way to counter a creature. And it's just like, it's, I don't think it's remotely close. Like, even the stuff that you'd wanted against are cheaper than it. Like, I have a Stern Scolding. When I was testing Stern Scolding for a couple of weeks, I can't tell you how embarrassing it feels to be like, okay, my opponent's on the play. I have a Stern Scolding and they just grief me. Oh, yeah. Right? You, can't, yeah, you know what I mean? Not, yeah, not good. Like, if, if, if the power level of the threats is that, then yeah. the answers have to also be that, which means that Stern Scolding needs to cost zero. And yeah. that's degenerate, right? You can't have that. Yeah, because the, then, the, then, then we get to the same part, the, the same argument we have, uh, you know, that Orcus Bowmasters is taking up all the airspace from, which is then your best answer for the thing is the thing. And it's killing all of the X ones or, you know, like for Stern Scolding, what is it, like two or well, less? Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's also like, it's, it's not like, yes, Bowmasters dealing one to the Bowmasters is, is relevant. But it, it's it, it's important that, like, you have your own Bowmasters because it's the only thing that's going to make you the additional body to maintain parity on the board. Exactly, yeah. You know, like, you need it because it also does the other thing in addition to being the removal spell that we were just talking about. You know what I mean? It's like, if yeah. removal is going to keep keep up, it either needs to be something like Swords, which deals with everything, and even then, it will still trade down in instances where it's like, okay, hit the Bowmasters and you still have something left over. Trade with a creature that has already recouped some amount of advantage. But, like, it being versatile, being able to hit anything is why it's, it's still, like, the playable card in the format. But, like, Prismatic Ending, I feel like it's falling off. Like, every time I've had more than two Prismatic Endings, in my deck i'm like i am glutted i have no targets like this isn't good enough it's funny that uh you know when when i started this episode i was very black and white on this and i'm and i'm approaching a more gray ground but i still do very much feel like uh it's it's healthy for the format right now that may change uh and that's just that's that's less like data driven and more just gut i just feel like Right now, legacy is more fun and balanced than it's been in a very long time Mm -hmm. uh and that to me means that it's it's fine and healthy for the format but i 
I don't know. I guess like you know, uh, how, how our viewers feel. Uh, you know, like comment below. How do you feel about about Bowmasters? I I honestly think that it's one hundred percent fine for the format. But I guess I can see why people would would be upset about it if they're not playing it. You know, if they if they if they're not playing it, they don't have answers to it. I can see why they'd be upset about it, especially if you're honestly, Phil. If anybody should be upset about Bowmasters, it's the guy playing Miracles, right? You don't have, you know, Swords of Plowshares doesn't do enough against it. Sure, Terminus do, does something, but like they're gonna, they're gonna have other threats, right? It's an army yeah, in a can. It's an army in a can. I, I think I, I agree. I think that like Bowmasters, you know, a, applying some amount of turn to the format, even if it is cosmetic, you know, it's like the majority of the format is still tempo, so it's still like very efficient days wasteland shells at the top of the field, and then a bunch of combo that's also just being able to abuse. Bowmasters, yeah. even if it's cosmetic, nice to have in in some amount before, yeah. like, hopefully we get some things I mean, to, like, shake it up even it, further. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice to have some amount of shake up to the format in the first place, yeah. you know, particularly after a time where something can feel stale. But I feel like the ubiquitousness of Bowmasters means that, like, we're all going to be clamoring for another set to hopefully introduce something that can then shake it up again. You know what I mean? Because Bowmasters is actually everywhere. I think Trivadar's like, Crusade, but for orcs. I'm like totally <laughs> like I'm 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 like very happy to see you know something that like shake up the format in a meaningful way, but is not like obviously busted enough that it needs to get a ban because it's not doing anything you know super prisony or you know devastating the way that like you know Renin Six did, where it was like you know an actually insanely difficult permanent to deal with that recouped plus one card every single time and also locked out entire strategies. And also was a prison piece and comboed with shit like Wasteland. The the only downside is that, like, again, they printed a card that's asymmetrical that is good in, like, every circumstance. Eternal Dirtles is proud to be sponsored by Moxfield. Moxfield is the best Magic the Gathering deck-building website on the internet. You can create, share, and find decks from Commander to Legacy and even fan-supported formats like Pre-Modern and Old School. You can see all of our decks on our Moxfield. Follow the links below to stay tuned. I just hope that, like, as they start continue, as they continue to, like, push the power level of cards, that they do it in ways where it's not helping decks push out decks that already are struggling. Give decks that need, give the tools for the decks that need help, the actual help that they need, as opposed to, I, I, what, what is the card that they can design that Delver can't absorb? It's going to have what to is cost the, four mana. And are they trying to play the one ring? I bet they are. I bet people thought about it, you know? <laughs> like, I, I feel like all of the, all of the cards that have been printed, like, it's interesting because it made me think of, okay, Death and Taxes gets, you know, yeah. pretty bodied by a Bowmasters, right? Like, Bowmasters hits half of their deck because their deck has to be in range of one and two toughness for their Recruiter of the Guard. And so they just get bodied in a lot of circumstances where a Bowmaster yeah. can just check them. And even though the, the card draw isn't going to hurt them, like, the fact that it goes wide makes multiple bodies so they can block, plus it also, like, shoots Thalia without the Thalia attacks, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it reminds me of when Ragavan was in the format, and Ragavan made it so that DNT was the best deck because they didn't have to care about a 2-1. And so now I'm thinking, okay, similarly, like we've mentioned this before, when Renin 6 was in the format, the best deck was Storm because it didn't have to care about Renin 6. When yeah. Ragavan was in the format, DNT was the best deck because it didn't have to care about Ragavan. It's like if the decks don't have to care about the best card, all the decks that are playing the best card are going to be softer because spots in their deck are being taken up by this card that they're playing that doesn't really hinder the deck that doesn't have to care about it. Well, and that's a great that's a great point uh, that people should just be playing uh, more Doomsday, which we have a, a video from last week on. I mean, I don't know, man. If, if it's Brixis <laughs> Tempo, which is still, you know, Bolt plus uh, Damage, and then Death Shadow, which is like Day's Wasteland plus Thoughtseize plus Clock plus, you know, it's like, 
Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not actually. Maybe uh, not Doomsday's Doomsday. Yeah. Do- Doomsday's at three point two percent of the meta game, so it's not totally gone. It's still got a, a totally reasonable share. I think that like the the issue with so like in ways where like Ragavan and Renin Six are extremely unhealthy, some some decks are propped up from the fact that that is the case. It doesn't seem like there is such a deck for Bowmasters because Bowmasters is good against everything. If you wanted to do something that's better than if you wanted to do the not best thing, there were ways to do it before. With those kinds of cards, right? With yeah. Ren and Six, play combo. Ragavan, play creature base that, you know, can put a blocker in the way. With Bowmasters, Bowmasters is good against everything. You want to play your creature deck? You're going to kill him. You want to play your combo deck? You're going to punish all your draw effects. You want to play your Planeswalkers or whatever? It's going to make multiple bodies and ping them down. It does it all. So I think the format's going to need another turn unless the, the community as a whole hasn't figured out a way to adapt to its ubiquitousness because it is showing up everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. I think that's kind of a good spot for us to end. I come away with more testing is needed uh, uh, on this topic, but I, I'm still in the, like I said, I'm still on the scale of like, I think it's, I think it's healthy for the format. Even if ultimately this card does get banned in, in a few months, uh, I think, I think it's healthy for the format just to have it shake it up a little bit. I don't think it's going to be banned. I think like it not being a, a, a prison piece is fine. Yeah. I think that like, I agree. You, you, the only downside is that again, it's an asymmetrical effect. It, it, it's not an asymmetrical effect that ends the game, but it is an asymmetrical effect that like punishes on multiple axes between damage removal and making a large body. It does a lot asymmetrically. It doesn't feel like that is as devastating as any of the stuff that like actually hard locks a game out. It still does enough that it makes it so it's it would be a tough cre- a, a tough best creature to now oust because it's cheap, very splashable. It can go in every single kind of deck because it's good against every kind of deck. All that is to say, I'm excited for Eldrinth. Yeah, you know, I, I can't uh, wait to see what Eldrain's got. It, it looks it, the art style for the set looks looks great. And again, I I've, I know I've said this before. This is my exact style of fantasy. Is like the like Arthurian legend, yeah, you know, love fair, it. like grim fairy tales kind of kind of thing. That to me is is like that's the best. That's the best place to be as far as flavor is concerned for magic. And you know what is uh, pretty prominent in fairy tales. Orcs, bows, miracles, <laughs> miracles, it's miracles. You think we're getting miracles? Okay, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, yeah, well, th- I guess that does it for us this week. Uh, please remember, like, subscribe, share, all that stuff. Uh, we're closing in on a thousand. We just hit nine hundred uh, subscribers. So uh, the closer we get to uh, the our sub goal of a thousand, uh, that helps when you're you're commenting and stuff like that. That makes Facebook push or Facebook uh, that helps YouTube push the the video further to people. Uh, anything like that you can do, uh, we really appreciate it, and it really helps the channel grow. So thank you so much, Phil. I will catch you next week. Bruh. It's Force of Philip on the track. Yo, I didn't think about it this way before. But when I stopped casting Brainstorm, I realized all you players are junders. You're just a bunch of junders, bro. Two for ones in top decks. Green Sun Zenith Prospects, well... If you don't cast Lord C's turn one, then I don't want to hear no chat about blunders. You players are junders, lilies and bobs and oozes, tomagoy bruises, Colagons command chooses, discard shatterer twofers, disentomb endurance, punishing buyers looping, and you losing cause we him into to rock. So you're playing off the top, cascading always goes for broke, lightning gonna hit you with the smoke, these braids are flapping off your blood, tap four we cast a Dracula, collect another trophy, assassinate you when we play enchantress, we back to nature, so pay eight life you fucking coward, flex your grip like it's full of power, forget the student, get your racket, master losers just keep attacking, who cares if Uro blanks your deck, we're in too deep to course correct, we're some availed, we'll cling to dust, curse the cup all the way Lily does, bro.
I don't know if you understand what I'm saying to you just yet, but if you ain't casting Brainstorm, then you gotta keep the fucking pressure on them. John will fuck up DNT, rap the board, pernicious deeds. They'll reveal what we're engineering, explosive, side of clearing. But please don't try to go recruit and last hope will smack it and abuse it. This is madness. Stay to push, commit war crimes, George W. Bush. Bruh, I get it, all the good cards are in blue. And Merc Tide is an absolute fucking beating. But if you don't cast Lot C's turn one, then I don't want to hear no qualms about dragons. Pyro blasting, fuck escaping Uro and his dumb play patterns. Surgical extraction calls games like James Madden. Tough acting to acting, and now we're gaining some traction by dashing in Ragavan the Goat, casting cards off the deck. And if they be playing blue, then they'll show us some respect. We used to play the cards, we traded one for one, but then they changed the bar, and that was undone. And now the black cards were unplayable, but we jumped so hard, we're unassailable. Uh.